My Eagle enthusiasts, it's Fairway Rolling, presented by FanDuel. Major season is here, and you can get in on all the long drives, big putts, and major moments with FanDuel. Check out live PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more. Plus, track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets. Download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Evernorth Health services. Costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and Evernorth is doing everything in their power to make that possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best. It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that'll benefit your bottom line. It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because they're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions, that's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hey, House, you know why I'm excited this week? Talk to me, Shaq. Our favorite unscripted online golf show's back. Of course, I'm referring to Callaway Live Season 3. We got a sneak peek at the guests. And, uh, you know, they may not live up to the standard that you and I set when we were on the show in Season 2. No doubt. But so far, it's looking pretty darn good. Uh, now, the show, of course, has not been picked up by Golf Channel, NBC, or CBS, but it can be found on YouTube or CallawayGolf.com. And, of course, it starts Tuesday at that great time, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, with none other than 2018 Ryder Cup captain Jim Furyk. And the following Tuesday, our former Shack House guest and uh, occasional listener, I think, uh, still, Mike Tarico, which I can't wait to hear that one, especially now that he's a voice of... Uh, the uh, NBC Olympic primetime coverage. So, uh, everyone, there's also some good news. Those of you, of course, all of you I know, signed up for the Callaway community and, of course, to kick off this Callaway Live season. Uh, you can go on there and uh, take a guess at how many times Perry says Ryder Cup on the show with Jim Furyk, and the winner will get a uh, is it a house is it a set of is it a dozen 58 oh, I think it's just one ball signed 58 uh, the chrome soft that Jim Furyk used in his 58 uh, so anyway go to the Callaway community to uh, sign up and check out that uh, promotion to get that ball and can't do a little drinking game on Harry saying Ryder Cup during the show and of course tune in Tuesday at 9 Eastern for Callaway Live and uh, you can find that on YouTube or CallawayGolf.com Let's go to the Shack House. House greetings from La La Land, home of uh, another wonderful Oscar ceremony. Actually, the craziest one we've ever seen. This is the Shack House, brought to you by The Ringer. What's going on? Um, I am very, very, very excited. Uh, I have my first golf trip of the season coming up. Oh, oh this is okay. this is 
I'm about to knock off the rust. I'm headed down to Florida, northern Florida. We're going to spend a couple of days with the Travis Fulton, the lead instructor at Golf Channel Academy. He's currently working with Charlie Reimer on the Reimer Project. You heard about this, Jeff? I have. I have. Yeah. So it's it's a... Uh, He's trying to help Charlie get ready for the senior tour, I guess. Oh, uh, oh he's gonna, it's going to take all of his powers. He's going to take a couple of days off, and he's going to spend some time on the, on the Grimer project. I'm I'm very excited. I have a, we have a couple great um, giveaways that we are going to push out there by way of the Callaway community. This is for the friends of Shack House. You're going to have oh. to go onto the Shack House central portion of Callaway community. We have some great combinations. I'm going to tweet these out, and they'll also be in the Callaway community. Uh, we have some OGO bags, and some. we have a, a Great Big Bertha Epic. We have a Micro Hinge, the Odyssey O-Work 17 putter with the Micro Hinge technology. A lot of stuff, a lot of giveaways really? for this wow. exciting, exciting uh, knock-off-the-rust 2017 ad- adventure. Nice. All right. Well, yeah. you had to be excited watching the... The Honda Classic, just getting into the the kind of the mode with the the lakes and the palm trees, and uh, it was kind of a wacky, wacky uh, finish. Good weather, but uh, wow, what a strange day! And if you were flipping it all over to the Daytona 500, there was that that train wreck kind of going on, and then of course we finished the day off with the Oscars train wreck. But uh, I'm just fascinated Rick, uh, by Ricky Fowler's win uh, house because it was it was so bizarre, and the the response today the millennial police are out in force and man are they unhappy with johnny miller wow um i i didn't know that you uh could hit balls in the water and make some doubles and look a little weird and 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 escape uh criticism what what is the deal i mean it was he played in a nice tournament he won by four but it, it it was it was ragged it was a weird final round and the and some of the other guys' misses were they were horrendous, and Johnny and the guys called it out, and that's all it was, right? Am I missing yeah, something? Yeah, it was. It felt very much like a, like a Florida golf event. This you and I yeah. had this little mini debate in terms of uh, West Coast swing versus um, the Florida swing, and one of the points about the Florida swing is the challenges that those courses present, yeah, and yeah, uh, the, the the unexpected um, weather, the the kind of Florida wind, and that's what we had. On Sunday, to me, Ricky won the tournament on Saturday. He shot that 65 on Saturday. And then all he had to do was was maintain and maintain. He did Um, one of the things, the stat that jumped out the most to me about his performance this weekend. He was 57 of 57. That is 100 percent accurate on putts from seven feet (laughs) in. Um, But he also rolled in a number of bombs, including one on number 12 on Sunday, which was delicious because uh, Jack Nicholas joined uh, Dan Hicks uh, in, in the book, bo- in the booth. Um, I think Gary Coke, Coke was in there also. I don't no, no, it was, was Johnny. It was, oh, Johnny. It was Johnny. It was Johnny. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Johnny and Dan. talking about their fishing trips. And that's, and all that. <laughs> that's right. I blew it. Well, J- Jack was gently criticizing some of the the analytics that go into the way that these guys think about um, pat, putting, and they were particularly yeah. talking about mapping out the green. And right as he's getting out the gentle criticism, rookie Ricky rolls in a forty footer, and and the Jack and the guys took it in perfect yeah. humor, perfect good humor. I mean, Jack's like, well, I, I guess I got to shut up now. Yeah, yeah. And of course, the irony he he left out is that 
he was uh, took the model of a of a guy here in Southern California for yardage books and mapping out courses, and he was a real pioneer with Dean Beeman uh, taking off the uh, the inspiration of um, of uh, Gene Andrews uh, the, of mapping out courses and really kind of pinpointing information. I mean, he never pulled out a book and on a green, he went by feel on greens. But uh, I did think it was kind of funny that that of all people. That bothered him. Although I do, I mean, I watched it at Riviera a couple of weeks ago. House, it is fascinating to me watching guys going, hitting a putt, and then going to their book for the follow up. <laughs> like it's, um, I just, I, it's not something I can relate to in terms of of putting. But uh, if it, when it works for somebody like Jordan Spieth or Ricky Fowler, it's well, hard to knock it. And on an on an overall note, just in in response generally to to Johnny and and uh, you know the the. NBC coverage uh, at large, I, you know, I, I very much enjoyed the return of golf to NBC because to, to me, it's a pretty, I, I hate to, to um, be derisive of our good friends at, at CBS, but you know, the, the events on that West coast swing between um, you know, the Phoenix event and then the pro-am at Pebble um, to get some, some, um, Serious golf for serious golf fans. This is basically like golf coverage for golf adults when we get back on to NBC. And it includes Johnny being critical of, yeah. of what he sees. He calls it exactly like he, like he sees it. I very much liked um, the one uh, component of the NBC coverage where they had a, a tracer um, split screen. They showed the tracer kind of overlaid over the r- rooting of the, of the golf hole. And you could see guys... Um, you know, you would watch live, see them tee off. You can't obviously track the ball, but if you look over to the side, you can see the the line that the ball's taking. It was very helpful with so yeah. much water on that course to to kind of see. Oh, this one's going to be a splasher, and uh, I I like that that uh, element of the NBC broadcast. Okay. Yeah, no, that was great. Fox Fox uh, I think was the first to do that, uh, or maybe Sky, but I know Fox did it really well at the U.S. Open last year. They did Oakmont. a great job really, with that. Yeah, it got yeah. people excited. And I'm glad to see NBC has something similar. But let, let's kind of big picture. I'm curious about this as a from a from all sports perspective because you watch a lot of sports, and I think we have a problem here. Uh, we've always had it in golf, and I, I feel like this was not a CBS or an NBC thing. I think that Faldo, Costas, Baker, Finch would have been critical of some of the shots we saw down the stretch really yesterday from from several people not just Ricky I mean there were you, you you just you just couldn't believe where some people were missing the ball when they when they just couldn't miss it in those places and they were critical and I I'm worried that our sport is is really more sensitive to to this stuff than any other sport that when you have Luke Donald or Rory McIlroy going on Twitter and 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 taking on Johnny for just calling it like he sees and frankly I you know I I just didn't see him saying anything that he hasn't said before. But now with this added social media element, the added sort of sensitivity of of players watching or, or younger players not used to, to what Johnny does. I mean, the players have always had a problem with Johnny's uh, critical nature. And so that's why Johnny's kind of uh, always done his own thing. And But now it seems like they're more sensitive than ever. And I, I guess this also gets to the Pat Perez debate, but... W- what I mean, Johnny has the credibility to say this stuff. Other people maybe can't. But do you think this is a, a danger for golf on television that we can't have people be critical while other sports have Charles Barkley's and John McEnroe's taking the viewing up to another level because of their criticism? 
It's only a risk or a danger if the broadcasters on board the criticism. And I don't, I'm not worried about that with Johnny Miller. And I'm definitely not worried about that with, with Nick Faldo either. I mean, those guys need to keep calling it exactly how they see it. The only thing that's really sort of changed is the ability of the players who are consuming the broadcast in real time to respond in real time to what they're observing in the broadcast. But, you know, at the heart of it, who cares what the players think? Who cares if, if they feel like they need to, you know, sort of um, jump in and protect their their fraternity? It makes it's an interesting dynamic where, uh, you know, it presents an opportunity for guys the next day for for the, the golf news media to kind of aggregate the comments and go through and see, you know, all the players. Say, oh, Johnny shouldn't shouldn't have been. uh critical here but i as far as i'm concerned it adds to the overall flavor of of um the broadcast the flavor of the presentation of 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 the game and i don't have any problem at all with um the guys jumping in when they when they see fit i just certainly um would 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 regret it if it affected the the broadcast in any way shape or form well it's it's affecting the broadcast in the eyes of some people because they don't like that Johnny is being critical, and that's what worries me. And is that well, I I want him to to be that way. I want Faldo to go berserk when somebody's going for thirteen at Augusta and two, and he thinks it's just a just a stupid decision. And uh, I'm worried that this kind of uh, younger group is is not aware that this is this makes it's entertainment, and part of the the drama is that we have these people who. Who just don't care, and they they are they call it like they see it, and and uh, it's what makes McEnroe so fascinating in tennis, and and generally tennis players are are more interesting analysts anyway. Golfers seem to be so worried about uh, being critical of of golfers, and I don't, I don't know if that's just sort of the nature of our sport. It's a more genteel sport, but I, I think it's something to watch because uh, I, I'm just startled. You know, I just saw Golf Digest has a slideshow. Uh, harping on all the things that Johnny wouldn't like uh, uh, based on that yesterday. And I, I mean, I know this is just kind of what we what they do now to get clicks and it's it's Ricky. And so he has a fan club that will 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 feel like they they're victims of of Johnny's criticism. But my gosh, it's just uh, wow. I, I think it's really a concern. That uh, and then when Johnny's gone, I mean, you know, there aren't a lot of multiple major winners looking to get into broadcasting. So does that mean the next person is going to be uh, pulling punches to, to kind of appease this, this kind of younger audience? I don't know. Yeah. I'd be greatly disappointed if we see any deference whatsoever creep into the broadcast. I mean, I, I think it's perfectly acceptable to have two different points of view on what we're all kind of consuming in real time. The players all come by and honestly, they're inclined to protect one another. That's wonderful. And the players uh, in the broadcast, the guys that have really accomplished great things in their careers, keeping it real is crucially important to to our overall consumption Mm -hmm. and enjoyment of the game. And that was very much true. No, the the best example of it that I can think of is the U.S. Open last last summer. I mean, Fox, to its credit, and and everybody in there, Brad Faxon, and and I'm going to, I'm sure I'm going to leave somebody out. But those those guys, yeah, Zinger, right, gave um, in the moment, real time, um, you know, reaction to uh, what went down with the rules fiasco there. 
And the players who were watching um, and got on on Twitter were equally giving real time commentary that all of that added to the overall enjoyment of the broadcast. I mean, you know, it made it very interesting and compelling to have kind of that real time input. So I I sure hope nobody in the golf, um, you know, television business feels motivated to do anything to, to, to uh, shut down any of the criticism. Well, we'll see. So house, you, you open the door there to the topic of rules, but there are some Big, big rules announcements coming this week, and those listening to the show later in the week will will know what they are, but we're going to preview a few of what we think the uh, rules changes are going to be. But before we do that, we want to talk about our friends at Callaway and the number one irons in golf. And why are they number one? Because of face cup technology. They've redefined golfers' expectations for the combination of speed, forgiveness, distance, and control. Face Cup is in the Big Bertha OS irons, which were the only irons to receive a perfect 20 for 20 score in the Golf Digest hot list this year, as well as the company's Apex, my irons of choice, and Steelhead irons. So check out the iron fitting tool to see which is right for you at CallawayGolf.com. It's a really cool tool. It's easy to use. It's very interactive. Uh, And then once you kind of go through that, look for a fitting location near you and go get yourself some Callaway irons, the number one irons in golf. All right, Hal, so have you heard at all about kind of what's going on in the rules of golf? They're, they're going to simplify the language. Uh, it's not going to take a law degree anymore, supposedly, to, to read the rules of golf and interpret them. Um, so that's a big thing. But they're expediting this. So normally they do this like every four years. So 2020 would have been the next rules changes. And they're actually going to push this uh, a year ahead and then and probably uh, I think 2019, January 1, will We'll be playing this new set of rules, uh, but beyond the language, they're they're actually talking about rolling out all sorts of stuff, and I think some of it's going to be very well received, and some's going to be a little controversial because so much of it is about pace of play. Um, and so, I mean, I, I think the number one thing probably to watch, and that's going to be controversial, is they are going to uh, go for a full-on endorsement of rangefinders. And they'll be usable in in all competition, and that's going to create a wonderful, wonderful little five family dispute, uh, I think, between Augusta National and the governing bodies. Because I just don't see the day when a Jordan Spieth walks onto the twelfth tee on Sunday at the Masters, and the crowd gives him an ovation, and then he pulls out his rangefinder. I just don't see the the Lords of Augusta going for that. So I have to tell you, I did not really um, do any investigation of the upcoming changes. There's nothing out there. No, no. Yeah, yeah. Let's be clear. There's a Wednesday unveiling of this. So there's there's not much out there. But this rangefinder thing is stunning. I I, I can't believe it. Let, Let me ask you this. The thing that I was anticipating and what I observed in some of the, um, the golf media writing, um, so far this year is that they're basically going to take into account the difference between those of us who play golf for fun and, and, and the professionals. So if it was the case (laughs) that the, the governing bodies wanted to approve range finders for those of us who play the game mostly for fun, but I could, I could see it um, in some competitions, amateur competitions and like, and the like, but left that alone entirely for the folks competing for real prize money on the professional tours, that that makes perfect sense to me because as we sit here today, 
what what do the pros need a rangefinder for? Well, okay, so we're at that situation now, and you've touched on a very interesting thing. When I when you kind of go down the list of some of the things that are being leaked, so many of them revolve around the pro game, and it's hard. And again, we'll see the whole unveiling and how they put it, but it's hard not to look at at kind of these different things that they're doing. You know, uh, one of the an, another big one. I think we're going to finally say goodbye to caddies lining players up, which again. Pro golf issue, not an everyday player issue. Uh, the lost ball search time is going to be reduced, which again, I don't, I don't see how that's an issue for the everyday game as opposed to the, to the pro game because how many people are really out there with a stopwatch when somebody loses a ball? And I think what you've touched on is that this is kind of leading us towards the, the bifurcation of the rules, and this will <laughs> that'll wig uh, the USGA and RNA out. But I think that's kind of where we're headed, which is where a lot of us have felt isn't such a, a horrible thing. Yeah, we we don't have the benefit of playing by the rules that the the pros play by. I mean, yeah. I I the 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 it, countless um, instances where I'm confronted by situations that I'm not sure the right way to proceed that are um, peculiar to the conditions of the public track that I'm playing. You know, right. the, there there's a um, I'm not going to do a good uh, job of, of coming up with the right example, but w- one example is is like what uh, Ricky Fowler was confronted by yesterday. He got a free drop um, from a, 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 a seam in sod on that was uh, on the face of one of the bunkers on the back nine yesterday. And, and he got a drop because he and the rule official um, were able to conclude that there was a seam there that was, you know, a product of fresh sod. I don't know when I go play my public track how recently they sodded the thing and whether the seam that's there is a product of the recent sodding or not. And I don't yeah. have any idea whether or not I'm allowed to drop. But if I, and I, most of the time I don't, and I hit out of a crazy lie and, and end up, you know, uh, three yeah. shots or four shots worse for it. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm, I think it's just going to be fun to watch because I have a feeling that they're very excited about this and they're very excited about the simplification of the language, which is great. But I, I just from what I'm seeing, I'm seeing a lot of changes that really are directed at the pro game, the game we see on TV, and that won't have a whole lot of impact on the everyday game. And um, I think there might be tapping of spike marks. Uh, could be a possible. I, I will touching the line of play on a putting green is the one I've been teased on. So I don't know what it means. So we'll watch, but I I do think it's going to be fascinating to watch it from the perspective of are they basically lining this up to have a pro set of rules and then kind of an everyday uh, version of those rules. And, and it's, uh, it could be, could be interesting. So house, you have a word from a couple of our, uh, our fine sponsors. I sure do. These are good friends of the shack house brought to you by the ringer. First, our, our good pals at Helix sleep, you know, night after night, two people lay in the same bed, but when it comes time to buy a new mattress, only one of them gets their way. Until now, introducing Helix Sleep, where you can buy a mattress online, customized for both of you. Only hundreds of dollars instead of thousands. Go to helixsleep.com, answer a few simple questions based on four key preferences, and the result will be a custom sleep profile used to build you the most comfortable mattress you'll ever sleep on. Your mattress will arrive at your door in about a week. Shipping's 100% free. And for couples, Helix customizes each side of the mattress. Personalized to suit each of your bodies and the way you sleep. Helix customers report 
a 30% improvement in overall sleep quality. You have 100 nights to try it out. And if you don't love it, Helix will pick it up for free and give you a 100% refund, no questions asked. That's why everyone from GQ Magazine to Forbes are all talking about Helix Sleep. Go to helixsleep.com slash house and get yourself $50 off your order. That's helixsleep.com slash house, helixsleep.com slash H-O-U-S-E. Shaq, I'm also happy to tell you a little bit about our pals at Simply Safe. Have you ever found that when you're out of the house, maybe relaxing with family and friends, maybe at the Shaq house, uh, you get that nagging feeling. Did I close the window? Did I lock the door? You don't know and it could drive you nuts. But you don't have to worry about that when you've got the Simply Safe home security system. It's a nice extra layer of protection to know that Simply Safe is there because thanks to its arsenal of sensors intended to protect your entire home and keep your family safe, Simply Safe offers an extra layer of protection that will put your mind at ease. Just recently, they released a brand new high definition security camera that connects your, syst- your security system to your smartphone. And that way, you see everything that's going on in your home no matter where you are. No more wondering. Best of all, Simply Safe got rid of everything that makes most home security such a pain. No long term contracts, no hidden fees. They're not going to gouge you. It's just 15 bucks a month. That's three times less than what other companies charge. So go check out the new camera today. You'll get an extra exclusive 10% discount when you go to simplysafe.com slash ringer. That's simplysafe.com slash R-I-N-G-R. All right, House, it's time to talk to our friend Mark Crossfield. We met him at the Lynx at Petco last year in person. He came all the way for that. But, but Mark, really, we want to introduce to everybody because, and, and a lot of our listeners already know what he's doing. They, they Google a, a golf club they're thinking about buying. Uh, they Google a golf course in the UK. And Mark has really become a, a disruptor of sorts in the review world. Uh, he's a, a purist. He's a golf instructor. He really has knowledge in all parts of the game, but mostly just a passion for it. And, and uh, he's very adept with technology. Of course, you can check him out on Twitter at 4, the number uh, uh, four on golf online. He's for, uh, golf online at YouTube where he's kind of a YouTube star in the world of golf. He's gets, uh, several, many 20, 30,000 views on these videos. And, uh, his reviews are very entertaining. A lot of fun joining us now from the United Kingdom is Mark Crossfield. Mark, thank you so much for joining us uh, late in the evening. Welcome to the shack house. How are you? Yes, I'm good, thank you, and thanks for having me. Um, it's uh, it's an honor to enter the Shack House, as <laughs> I'm sure they say. Uh, for for people who don't know what you do, you've built a website. You've built this reputation as a an authentic voice, reviewing courses and equipment. Um, how did you get into this? By uh, I used to sell golf equipment. I'm a golf professional, so I used to sell golf uh, equipment on a website as well as in an actual shop. Um, and I just started posting reviews of the equipment I was selling because people would ask the same questions over and over again. So I thought, well, I could answer lots of the same questions if I just put some content out there and directed them to the content. Um, and it became quite obvious very quickly that people wanted this kind of voice, this honest um, 
voice that they kind of hadn't ever heard before, really, because the voices before that had always been kind of media voices, which maybe have different agendas to what I had, which was just to put out good advice about the equipment I was trying to supply to people. Um, so I kind of just fell into it by accident, really. Mm, yeah. So, Mark, how do you push out your content? YouTube is my main kind of animal, if you like, and I do a series of content on there. I do course reviews. I do um, equipment reviews still. I do teaching things on there as well. So I do teaching bits where I try to challenge my audience to think about their golf swings. Um, I've just started some daily vlogs. So Monday to Friday, people follow me through my daily life as a golf pro, as a dad, as a husband, as just a normal person. Um, but that's going out on YouTube predominantly, but it also gets circulated on Facebook and Twitter. So it's all very social post stuff, really. Well, so that's a perfect segue. Jeff and I uh, are part of the Callaway community. Uh, we have our own little uh, stop okay. there called Shack House Central, where folks in the Callaway community um, can ask <laughs> us questions. And we put out to that community, okay. we asked them... For questions to put to you. So we have uh, uh, a handful of questions that came in from folks from, from the Callaway community. Um, one of these, let's see if I get this right. Uh, we, we have Tyler WA525. Tyler is curious. He says the catchphrases, do they just come to you? Or do you spit them out in the course vlogs and and they, and they catch on? Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, yeah, they they just organically happen. Um, we don't ever think about anything we're saying. None of it is scripted at all, really. Certainly, the stuff on the course that he's talking about. I think people just latch on to the way we talk. I think the English accent or certainly some of the words we're using just resonates with different people around the world. Um, but I think people just enjoy watching me and Matt, certainly when we're playing the courses, having well, what, a lot of fun together because I think well, a lot of people forget that sometimes on a golf course. What is the origin of, of Stuck In? Um, there was no origin. Again, it was very organic. Um, let's get stuck in means like, let's get started and let's get into this and let's kind of, you know, get really stuck into it. So let's not just kind of do a infomercial. Let's get behind the hood and take it apart and take it a bit and see if it does work or not. Um, and I kind of just would say it, you know what it's like when you do video, you just say you need something that's going to trigger the next bit, don't you, sometimes? So it just would always end there before going to my intro. And I think and it, people just kind of latched onto it, and I kind of just kept with it, really. Again, very organic how that came about. You know, Mark, I think what is entertaining as your videos are uh, and your, your presence and your personality, I think what the reason we really want to expose you to more people who, who don't know what you're doing um, is you're a disruptor, for a lack of a better word. It's a it's sort of a hipster Silicon Valley term. But you you have really become, and a few other sources, the place where a lot of people go for reviews and feel like they are getting a more honest review. Uh, is that a product you you think of of your approach and your style and your genuine uh, personality? as much as it is uh, a statement about kind of where the, the big media uh, has gone in terms of how they're, they're reviewing things? Yeah, I mean, it was never a... I mean, I never really took any note of what 
the big media kind of ever said, I've always been very sceptical of the big media, if you like, and understood that there are different agendas there. Um, I'm a golf pro, so students want to know how to get better. I see my audience as students, anyone who wants to subscribe or come along on my journey, I see them um, as a responsibility, like for me to make sure I know as much as I do about equipment lessons um, and give them the best information I can give them. So it, it, when you when you come from that angle, it's impossible not to be honest mm. because yeah. the only way anyone's going to be improved or improve their game is if you're honest with them. Um, so to me, it's like something I've not even, it's not even a thought for me. And I think that's what really separated me at the start from the big media, as you call it, and the other kind of fringe people doing it is again, people just weren't used to someone saying, oh, I don't like the look of this club or this one doesn't feel as good as that one. You know, they just weren't used to that. They were just like, wow, this guy's just literally saying what he thinks, um, and I think, Steve, even on YouTube now today, you know, big media tries to go and do things on YouTube, but often the audience don't want big media on their platform almost. Mm, the, the audience yeah. like the fact that they own that platform to a certain extent, I think. Um, I also think big media get it very wrong. I kind of sit here and do giggle a bit at what they do and how stubborn they are to see maybe some better guidance. Um, but that only really works to my advantage. But, um, yeah, I, I think when you're coming at the angle as a golf pro, a teacher, it's, there's, there's kind of no angle. The only angle is I'm just trying to make people better or understand more, really. Well, that's another nice segue. I have a question here from Emmanuel T. of the Callaway community. And he says, first off, make sure you thank Crossy for his honest reviews. He says, it's nice to watch a review from a guy with a with a human swing speed as opposed to the superhuman swing speeds that you might see in some of these artificial uh, videos from from uh, manufacturers that you were you were talking about. His question for you, Mr. Crossfield, mm -hmm. as an instructor, what do yeah. you find is the biggest mistake that golfers who may be getting older? I might fit this category. As we get older, what what mistake? What's the <sighs> biggest mistake you you see us making? And what can we do to, um, you know, to tr try and work on on swing speed? Okay, I mean that's a tricky question. So the, the first part of that, the biggest mistake I see golfers make who have played for a long time, is that they make the same mistake that they've always made. So often the reluctance to maybe open minds and try newer angles. Certainly not the language I use in my lessons challenges people to have to think in a different way. Certainly the, the physical one-to-one -one lessons that come and see me that I still do, the one of the biggest reoccurring things that they say to me is, wow, no one's ever told me that. You know, you explained that in that way. No one's ever said that to me, and I've had hundreds of lessons before, what have you. So um, certainly going to get a lesson by someone who's using good launch monitor measurable devices, which is what I use to quantify any of the statements I give to my students um, would be a first step to improving. I just think golfers get stuck. I mean, my dad's probably been practicing his takeaway for the last 25 years. Ah. So how, how long can you practice a golf takeaway for? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? At some point, you had to have got it right, surely. Um, <laughs> but, um, 
Yeah, so for me, it would be that. Maybe trying to think outside of the box with where you're going with your lessons or ideas. Uh, for speed, if you're getting older, and for speed is a tricky one. Sometimes it's maybe not about creating more speed. It's maybe more optimizing what you put in. So what I mean by that, not many lessons I teach get 100% out of whatever they put in. They've got power leaks through angle of attacks and spin rates and launch angles. So you can often gain some yardages for students by improving their delivery rather than improving their speed so much. Uh, Ethan Ganote of Callaway submitted a couple of questions, and I'm going to play off those uh because a lot of what I love about your reviews is that you're you're thinking of the customer and, and you're really kind of trying to uh, separate the, the pro game from, from the recreational. Uh, do, so two parts on that. Do you think too many people try and build their game based on what they see PGA Tour players doing uh, as opposed to what Ethan wanted to know, LPGA Tour players? And then also, are they making that mistake in their their buying habits too? Yeah, I think there. Is, yeah, yeah, I think there is a bit of that. I mean, I think companies are also clever in the way they align with athletes, you know, tour players, because it does sell this romantic notion of players booming it long ways and winning events. We want that. Um, so yeah, I, I think I do see that a little bit. I think I see golfers. Um, I mean, if you just have to go online, a big search term, if you want to make a video which gets searching, is how to hit the ball long ways, how to hit the ball 300 <laughs> yards, those kind of videos, which really don't help golfers as a general rule. They tend to, can, tend to confuse them more than help them because um, you just have to look at the PGA Tour. Our stats average is about 285 yards. So your average Joe learning to hit it 300 yards is kind of, missing the point a little bit there. So, yeah, I think people do look sometimes in the wrong directions for improvement, definitely. But then on the flip side of that, I mean, it's good to watch how some of the best players in the world deal with um, issues, you know, when they're struggling and deal with success as well. I think you can learn from those as well. It's what you take from what you see, I think, is always the skill, isn't it? It's the lesson you choose to hear from it often is the trick, um, which is kind of very person-specific most of the time. So I have a little bit of a off-the-beaten-path question for you, also from, from Ethan. We know that you, Crossy, have attended the Lynx at Petco Park event, which is a this very cool um, Callaway and, and San Diego Padres, the baseball team, collaborating and putting in a little nine-hole uh, adventure inside the baseball stadium. If, if you could build your own temporary golf course anywhere in the world and, and in any venue, where what would you choose? Oh, that's a tricky question, isn't it? I mean, to be honest with you, it was quite hard to beat Petco for me because I had never seen a baseball stadium in my life. So it was fun to go and experience something so different to what I have ever really seen. Um, I mean, apart from having one in your garden, and I'm lucky enough to have a putting green in my own garden, I think Petco's really going to pop it for me. Or, I mean, it wouldn't have to be that one, but, I mean, well, there's no problem going to San Diego, is there? It's one of the most beautiful <laughs> places I think I've ever been no, to. No. Apart from maybe Sydney, you know, a city that pretty near, there's such a beautiful coastline. 
um, it was a treat on many levels for me to go and do that. So apart from my garden, I think Petco would be kind of second or joint first with it. It was that was a lot of fun. I would have guessed maybe Wembley. What about you know uh, perhaps one of the, the iconic it, stadiums? It is, yeah, but I'm not a massive football fan, you see, so that one doesn't kind of mean that much to me. I'm not. Uh, football, uh, my, my son plays a lot of football and I like watching him, but yeah, I'm not a huge football fan because that's one of the biggest questions the Americans often ask me, what team do you support football-wise? And I don't really support any team. I, I watch some of the big events, the World Cup, European Championships, but I don't follow league football at all really because unfortunately there's too much cheating in it. I find it hard to watch sometimes. <laughs> um, Mark, one of the Last things I want to ask you here. Uh, so I, I see you as a little bit of a futurist, but also a little bit of a traditionalist. I think that's why you resonate with people that you you love some of the sort of traditions of the game, and you're you're kind of a classic uh, golf instructor, core golfer. But you've embraced all this technology and social media and ways to uh, circumvent a, a lot of the ways people learn about clubs or equipment or courses uh, or uh, instruction. Uh, and this this question came from Gene M in our in the community, and I'm I'm totally interested in what you think. Where, where do you see golf? And I know it's kind of broad saying golf, but where do you see golf going in the next five years? Um, take any part you're you, you're most fascinated by, but would just like to hear kind of where you see things uh, going over the next uh, next five years or so. I mean, I I don't see. I think golf is a little bit like human evolution. It's slow and it slightly painful but it's beautiful at the same time um I, i'm not sure five years is a long enough time span do you know what i mean it'd be like saying where will humans be in five years time well we'll probably still have the same amount of fingers and we'll probably still all be moaning about the same things but i mean I, I think in golf it has a lot of big decisions to make um obviously there's lots of press and kind of buzzwords of grow the game and all those kind of things. Lots of, I mean, the European Tour have just taken on or trying this new sixes um, format. I don't know if you've seen that or got any, that's got any press over your side of the pond where they're playing six little holes, bit. little matches. Um, yeah, but I mean, for me, I just, I don't, I don't need golf to change. I'm one of these people that I, I think the sport is brilliant and I love it. I think golf needs to change, try and influence people into it, into it, uh, the game and play more. But that's not anything to do with golf. Mm. That's to do with lifestyles. It's mm. to do with finances. It's to do with sexist issues, possibly, which are still in our game. You know, you've got venues that are still arguing if they can have male or female members, which, you know, it's just, in this day and age, it blows my head off. Um, so I think golf has its issues, which will develop over five years. But I hope, and I don't need golf to change. I don't need to do fixes. I don't need to do X amount of holes. I like the way it is. I just think some of the traditions that have built around it as a very male-centric kind of uh, game I think need to change and are changing slowly but uh, mm. you know 50% of this, uh, this, this world is made up of females um, you know let's get more of them playing and the game instantly grows overnight doesn't it um, mm. but the longer it stays as a bit of a boys club as it certainly is in the UK um, the harder it will be for those people to join in so yeah, tricky question. I think, again, for me, the biggest thing there, I don't think five years is enough. Because golf, yeah. I remember it's been around for hundreds of years. So, 
it's the evolution of it is always going to be slow because it's, uh, it's got so much tradition in it, which is it's a good thing as well, isn't it? So, Crossy, well, one last question. Thank you so much for, for joining <laughs> yeah. us today. This everybody will know that this is That's not right. a setup. Yeah, thanks for having me. Because we don't we don't know the answer to this. Shaq and I do do not know the answer to this question. We want to know what driver okay. is currently in your bag. At the moment, it's the Sub Zero Epic oh. driver. Oh boy! Oh, oh good. We don't have to edit. edit. <laughs> That's obviously the correct answer. So, yeah. But but why? Well, how did that find its way in your bag? Yeah, because your review was a little, little. Um, your well, it, first review was, I thought, a little lukewarm, as I recall. Well, it wasn't. There were two. The review for the epic was as honest as it didn't. The epic standard version for me didn't really do anything. It kind of just fell into the. For me, it fell into the masses, if you like. But the epic sub stood out. I mean, it was mm. the first driver where I was starting to get a few more yards and that's because it's a low spin model driver and that suits me but the thing I like about it is it doesn't go too low it stabilizes kind of between your golf geeky audience will understand this 1,800 reds to about 2,400 reds it stays in that genre which keeps me at a consistently decent level so yeah the, the epic driver for me was pretty average but the sub-zero certainly stood up and felt nice and looked good well you passed the test yeah. well mark where where would you so you uh just so we can kind of direct people where to find you obviously you're on um you're on twitter at four golf online you're on uh, youtube at four golf online and yep. markcrossfield.com well what's the best way you uh, for people to kind of start getting a flavor for what you do and and uh and and enjoying your your uh, your coverage so definitely the best place is YouTube. That's really the best place to start and move out from there, I would say, which you just search for Golf Online. It's the number four or just my name, Mark Crossfield, gets you all the social platforms from Instagram to uh, it finds me on Twitter as well as on Facebook. But YouTube's really the best place to start. That's where most of the content goes um, and you'll get the full array of kind of the different things I try and do on there. Perfect. Thank you so much, Crossy. We appreciate you staying up late for us. No problem. Thanks for having me, guys. It's been a pleasure and hopefully catch up with you soon. Yes, okay. indeed. Take care, Mark. All right. Well, we thank Mark again for joining us. Hey, uh, House, before we get to some intel on the WGC Mexico, I've got hot information off the presses. Uh, we just want to give a little shout out to the new number one fairway woods in golf. Of course, we are talking about the epic fairway woods from Callaway. That's right, number one. Uh, the driver has been getting a lot of attention, and deservably so, but uh, don't sleep on those fairway woods because these babies are red hot. Callaway outfitted these fairway woods with a feather-like crown made to enhance forgiveness, power, and accuracy. Then they cranked up the ball speed a notch with a fourth generation of its hyper-speed face cup technology. Henrik Stenson, who famously relies on his three-wood, said he particularly liked that the ball speed was higher with a new Epic three-wood, and his distance control was better. So it'll be fun to see him using that. But don't trust us. Go to CallawayGolf.com for pictures, more info, all that good stuff, and congratulations to our friends at Callaway on attaining number one status in the woods world. That is a big, big deal. All right, House, so the uh, WGC not Trump Doral this week uh, heads to Mexico City. Are you excited about this? Uh, do you know anything about this uh, this place? I knew nothing, so 
I, I, I know had to make a few calls. A- absolutely nothing about it. Right. Um, the most intriguing thing is uh, the um, the elevation. But I have to before yeah. we get to, yeah. to talking about you know Mexico, I just want to oh. do a very quick second on what a missed opportunity that this this Doral thing is. Can you imagine this week if if the tour was headed down to Doral <laughs> and President yeah. Trump was there to to you know meet and greet and you know. Um, Walk regally around and uh, you know oh, how, run, see, he, run the he show. Wouldn't, he wouldn't leave Washington. He 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 stay up there right now. He's not into traveling down to Florida to just mingle around at a golf tournament. <laughs> I, I I'm I'm just sad about I'm sad about yeah. the missed missed opportunity. I mean, it would be a a great um, weekend of of television. All the top players in the world, fifty best players in the world, with the exception of poor Jason Day. Um, so that's my lament. I'm lamenting this missed opportunity, the miscalculation on whether or not um, President Trump might might win the election. I think that had to go into Brother Fincham's thinking when he we so readily walked away from Doral. Um, but uh, we'll we'll set we'll set that well, aside and we'll we, focus on Mexico. Yeah, and we we I think we went through that in another show where I ex- I explained all that. It's 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 a it's an annoying story to tell. Because it's kind of one of I think of greed uh, and uh, and not really uh, wanting to be a little more patient with yeah there were a lot of antics involved but I'm just sorry it's 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 uh, I'm sorry for the people in Miami it's a great golf market supported the tour a long time and they had a great tournament that the tour made into a WGC and forget Donald Trump but the price tag for a WGC event is. Four to five million dollars more for a sponsor, and that just v- limits who can sponsor these events. And so, we have this situation where Cal- Cadillac left, and there were very few options to replace. And they blame President Trump's personality as a reason they couldn't attract somebody. And I think it's, uh, I think I thought it was hogwash then, and I still do. And so, where you've got this situation now in Mexico, which I'll be honest with you, I was not very excited about. But after talking to Gary Young, who's the uh, advanced rules staff member. So he goes down house, makes a few visits before the tournament, and then he's down there uh, a week before the tournament. So it's I got some great intel, and, and the course has a what sounds like a very strong bias that people are going to want to keep in mind with their their uh, their their fantasy uh, plays or just kind of watching who's going to do well here. And and I think it's something to factor in if you're kind of looking at this event as a Masters preview. I don't know if it will be. You know, I feel like Honda, Riviera, Pebble Beach, all these events and all these winners we're getting are just perfect. And it's just just what you want going to the Masters. Like every every potential Masters winner now, basically, except I'd say Henrik Stenson and Phil Mickelson, uh, has had a a week to kind of hang their, their hat on that gives them confidence. Maybe throw in Justin Rose there, too, although he's playing very nice golf. So, um, I but that said, House, this, this golf course is very narrow. And as you noted... The elevation is significant. Uh, Gary said anybody <laughs> down there goes up a flight of stairs and they're winded. Um, it's 7,600 feet. I don't think we've had a, a big-time golf tournament in a course of that elevation since Castle Pines, which a lot of the players in the field uh, know nothing about uh, up in Denver. And this is actually at a higher elevation than that. So we're going to see some 200-yard nine-irons, I think. Well, they have... <laughs> The course has six par fours that are less than 410 yards. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, it it better be narrow at that elevation because otherwise we're going to see guys trying to drive 400-yard holes. 
Yeah, yeah. The first hole's drivable. The second hole's kind of drivable. And the 18th 388. Gary says it's not drivable because it's uphill. But uh, but I think the thing that's interesting, he 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 explained to me, is that the golf course, uh, they they have pruned up the trees, but it's you drive through these chutes essentially. So this is going to be a straight driver's week, and uh, I think that's a first thing to note. And then he said the greens are they're going to have to watch. They're keeping them at 11 and a half. He said they're sneaky. Um, you look at photos of the course, the bunkering's awful and it's tired and it needs to be redone and kind of move closer to the green. So I don't think there's going to be a lot of precision required into the greens in terms of, of, uh, bunkering and all that, but the positioning on the surfaces, according to him, because of this slope and the whole property has kind of a tilt. So I like somebody like uh Spieth on a course like that. Cause he's just so good at picking up local knowledge faster than other players. I love somebody like Furyk who's the same way and drives it so straight. Uh, so those are those are obviously the two kind of standout picks when you hear about this. But it, it sounds huh. like a place that we will actually kind of, I think we won't mind. Everything is going well, he said, in terms of <laughs> how you get there and, and the security and the sense of, of feeling like it's a good place to be, which was the, the big concern. And I think that's important, obviously, in general, because we want everybody to be safe. But also, it, it puts the players in a better mood if they feel like the whole thing is good, and then you, you just get a better energy in the tournament. So everything he told me suggested that's a positive. Okay. Well, you you just mentioned a couple guys. I have my eye on, I'll say, another three or four names I'm going to keep track of. I'm going to look at some some odds, maybe a little, a little Mexico play. I might put down a couple pesos, Jeff Shackelford. <laughs> guys, I'm, I like guys in form. So I'm looking at, um, you mentioned Justin Rose. I like Justin Rose here. Obviously, DJ is number one in the world. I don't know how you can leave him off of any kind of a roster. I liked very much what I saw out of Gary Woodland this week. The guy was uh-huh. burning edges. I mean, he was right there. He was he was poised to give um, Ricky something to really sweat about when he got within a stroke uh, there on the back nine. But poor Gary couldn't get any of those putts to fall. And uh, John Rahm's been hot all season, so John Rahm's going to get a nice look for me as well. I, I, we may have to have a little a little side wager. Maybe uh, my four with your four. I love it. Um, Let's my do it. My four are, are Ferex Spieth, Paul Casey, and Sergio Garcia, and that's all on driving accuracy. Uh, you know, good to 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 great form of late. Um, and so uh, that that's that's who I like, and I think it's something to watch for. But again, I don't know if this is going to really tell us a whole lot going into the Masters, other than kind of what Gary said about the way the greens will play. So. Yeah, um, should be a good, good, good week, but it's definitely not Doral, and that's uh, I think a huge, huge bummer. And and we're already hearing rumblings that this event will fall in the same week next year, which I'm not quite grasping either. But we'll we'll deal with that when when we come to that. Um, how's anything else in the world of golf we need to uh, kick around before we? We say goodbye. Just, just I'm knocking off the rust this week, but Mr. Shackelford, yeah. I, mean, I couldn't be more excited. I have not. And this is the part where I promise uh, I would have to apologize to everybody. My great big Bertha Epic driver remains in its plastic. I have wow. deliberately not unsheathed it. And I have That's to tell you sad. the level of excitement that I have for this. Maybe you should leave the plastic on for the first few hits just in case. You know, you don't want that. <laughs> That big skeech mark on the top right out of the chute, you know. Uh, well, it's, it's, it's inevitable. It's inevitable. But okay, we're knocking so, off the rust, so you, and, and everybody should check the Twitter and Callaway community. Is Shack okay, House Central there? Uh, yeah, Shack House, the, the Shack House Central. 
because we're going to do these great giveaways. We have a couple great OGO bags and uh, a great big Bertha Epic driver that you can leave the plastic on if you so choose, as well as the uh, Odyssey <laughs> Works putter with a micro hinge insert. So your friends at Shack House are giving it up, my friends. Beautiful. All right. Well, we look forward to following all that, following that on Twitter and in the Callaway community. And hey, everybody, don't forget, if you love Shack House, please subscribe wherever your finest podcasts are found, iTunes, Overcast, SoundCloud, you name it. Please subscribe to Shack House. We love having you, and it uh, helps us out a lot. Have a great trip, house. Enjoy the great weather, hopefully, and uh, we'll talk soon. Can't wait. Yeah, Ringer people, today's episode is brought to you by the Ringer NFL Show. This week is the NFL Combine, and our football experts are live from Indianapolis, breaking down everything you need to know. You can subscribe to the Ringer NFL Show at iTunes.com slash The Ringer or wherever you get podcasts. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.